0: Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say.
1: Hello everyone. Welcome back to a pot of their own. I am Allison McCaig, and I am joined this week by my lovely co-hosts, Linda Sarovich. Hi, Linda. Hey,
2: Allison. And
1: Maggie Wigan. Hi, Maggie. Hi, Allison. This is episode 37 of A Pod of Their Own. Um, And we had, which we're never allowed to do again, as Linda and I were just discussing pre show. We are never allowed to say that it's going to be a quiet podcast or a quiet off season or anything like that. No,
2: no, (laughs) no. Nope.
1: (laughs) Because we were saying, no. That's off the table. There's not much going on. We're just going to have a short pod this week. It'll be chill. You know, the day that we're recording, the bomb drops. Um, that in that billionaire, Steve Cohen, who had been in negotiations with the Wilpons to purchase the Mets, um, is no longer going to do so. It seems, um, it's not like officially, officially dead, um, because the parties themselves have not said it because they had just issued a statement basically saying like, we have a non-disclosure agreement, so we're not allowed to say anything about this, um, um, But But Steve Cohen
2: canceled his opening day party. I think that's all we need to know. (laughs) Yeah. Steve Cohen canceled (laughs) his opening day gala. Yeah.
1: And sources familiar with the talks uh, on both sides say, you know, this is pretty much dead in the water and Cohen is walking away. And of course, the reason why Cohen is walking away is because, and I'm quoting from the New York Post article here, the the, the story broke, um, the Wilpons pushed late to maintain some control of the franchise beyond the five-year
2: window. Oh, jeez. like like i don't understand this is what drives me crazy all their dirty laundry has been aired like there was no holds barred when they sold like all the articles started coming out what leg do they have to stand on to do this we know you're broke we know everybody hates jeff wilpon and you just screwed up a 2.6 billion dollar deal and they're like eh. We just wanted to stay after five years, but oh well. Like well, how, and how how is in, this
3: okay? How entitled do you have to be too to be like, okay, I'm selling you this thing, but I still want it. Like okay, I'm <laughs> selling you my house. You're gonna live here now, but there's squatters. Um, it only works if I can come visit, like pretty regularly for a long, long time. Like who does that? Who thinks that that's a thing? It doesn't. The the I mean, ones. Yeah, no, I mean, it's... Ugh. There's no kidding here. Enough. This is, you know, and this is, like, Steve Cohen of all people. Like, you have to be pretty sleazy to out-sleaze Steve Cohen. I mean, my God.
2: Right. And also, did they really think they could get, like, one-up him? <laughs> like, they're not in the same... The, 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 the playing field is very different for the two of them.
1: Yeah, and it's, like... Like, you know that you're, like, impossible to work with when the king of insider trading doesn't want to deal with you. Like...
3: <laughs> yeah. I, like, I can't... Let like... also just raise the question. Like, we know that they're really unstable financially. That was yes! what we were going to sell. Like, that part has now been widely acknowledged. Whereas before, they were able to sort of fake it, at least publicly, and... So, the question is like, if this falls through, how long is their leash? Because, you know, I mean, MLB obviously is going way out of their way to not force the Wilpons to sell. But eventually, I mean, that's they, Frank McCord had to sell. Like, that was, he was like, you know, about to start writing bad checks was the, and nothing that I saw suggested that the Wilpons were not going to get there soon. So, I don't know. I mean, I just feel like if you're killing this deal over, like, I want to, you know, say who's going to be in the lineup or whatever. um, If you're killing this deal, that does not mean that a worse one will not be forced upon you in like a year.
2: Now, yeah, like how do you walk away from two point six billion dollars? I'm, I'm, I'm just my mind, but I can't wrap my head around this. These people I have live no on a different plane of existence
1: us. than you and me, Linda. <laughs> like it's just a different <laughs> level of existence. But like, I, I okay, I don't claim to be a business expert. I have never, you know, done a business. I'm not a businesswoman. But my basic <laughs> understanding of how business works is that you don't get to ask for more stuff when you're not the one with the leverage.
2: No. (laughs) Especially, they had to have seen all the bad press that came out about them. We know you're broke. There's no hiding it anymore. So, what what do they think is going to
3: happen? I think they probably figure they can tread water until the absolutely ass backwards Cuomo led um, LaGuardia shuttle thing takes off that will drive a lot of no, no in all seriousness that, that will drive a lot of like real estate interest to all the area where they own real estate. I think they're hoping that that will happen in the next few years and they can sort of like bide their time, but a, it's can not Fred- going to happen in the next few years, and B, like, old. I don't know that they could hold on <laughs> that long. Oh God, is he ever? Like, geez, just come on, man. No, he's the light—it's right there.
2: Hate- no, our our hate and spite fuels them. They they're, they're yeah, never going. It's, so, but but I mean, honestly, a hundred
3: percent—that is what I truly believe is behind their reticence to sell i think if like they didn't feel like they could they could just get this next big take then they would be selling but no they feel like they can just eke it out and they can't not gonna happen but you know what do i know i'm not a business person either so Mm.
2: but like we said baseball has no interest in changing anything so they really have nothing to lose i guess i guess two point uh, losing a six point or 2.6 billion deal is nothing i don't know because <laughs> i feel like i've said m- maybe that does mean nothing to them but to me i would take that and get the hell out
3: well of course we have to remember when we say things like the Ponds are broke they are living the lives of extremely wealthy people yeah, well, and yeah. will almost certainly and any kind of scenario continuing to live the lives of extremely wealthy people like none of this will actually change their lifestyle they will live in the huge houses with with people to clean them and fancy cars like that's and I think that's part of it that's why they can say goodbye to 2.6 billion dollars because Because their experience of their lives won't be better or worse without it. And that's really sick. I mean, that's, you know, that's the gross thing about this kind of wealth is that you could just be like, nah, I don't need your $2.6 billion. I have enough.
1: Yeah, it's not like we're getting (laughs) Shit's Creek, Will edition
3: here. Like,
1: that's not what's going to go down. Like, I just, I don't know. I just, like, I, this is... I tweeted about this, and basically what I said was, and I mean, we talked extensively on this show about Steve Cohen, and everybody who listens to this show knows that we weren't necessarily thrilled about the ethics of him being the owner of our baseball team, but and so, like, am I heartbroken? Yeah. That also, this, definitely evil. Yeah. Am I heartbroken that this ghoulish? P- Ultra billionaire is gonna not no longer own my baseball team. No, not really. But I just I'm just so like tired of the Mets being a laughing stock all the time. It, like I yeah. we should be used to it by now as Mets fans. But like between like the Carlos Beltran thing and this, like in a single off season, it just like it's reached it's reached peak capacity. Mets, and I'm kind of overwhelmed now. <laughs>
2: It's just it wears on you. Just be the normal functioning baseball team for two minutes. Can yeah, you try why to can do that? Be normal for two minutes. We, we couldn't even go a whole off season without being an epic disaster. Like every single scandal, every single thing that can go wrong, somehow they get wrapped up in, whether it's their fault or not. It's like this is just peak meds. Like, we're a crisis-level mets here.
1: Crisis-level mess. And it's not even
3: baseball. It's just boring, <laughs> stupid money stuff. Like, yeah. why do I have to be mad about that? It doesn't hit dingers. Yeah. I <laughs> want to get mad about the stuff where there's baseball. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I think that's also this, and this is, I feel like because the Mets are incapable of going very long without Mets saying every <laughs> off season, there's always this point where I'm like, if they don't start throwing a damn ball, I'm going to lose my freaking mind. And yeah. I'm definitely right there. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. Like, I just, yeah. I, you know, I need like, I need like my hourly influx of, of Jacob DeGrom's hair in the, the Florida sunlight. Like that's, I desperately, desperately need like some suns out, guns out shot from <laughs> Pete Alonzo just to remind me that like there's good stuff in baseball because this is the part where we haven't had the good stuff in a while. Like, no, we are very far removed from actual baseball being played, and I I'm desperate for it because it's the only thing that keeps us in this stupid game. We're not in it, you know, for. Yeah, we're not for cheering the, the,
2: for the owners here. Yeah,
3: we're you know we're not looking to, you know, make the next one two point seven billion dollars. Like that's not you know our rooting interest, and it's just it's real hard when all of this shit is coming down, and we don't have the actual baseball to keep the good feelings going. You mean to for, tell like, me an inning.
1: that you're not excited to fly your first base depth pennant, Maggie? Come on.
3: <laughs> Mets <Metzer> are kings <laughs> of oh, base depth. Like, just, I mean to be fair, they do have some really, really nice first base steps. But, like, but what an odd what what an odd statement to have to say out loud. Like what a ludicrous <laughs> Yeah. What a ludicrous thing to be even thinking of. It would have been even better if they had signed Wilmer
2: Flores, which yeah. I argue. Instead they signed uh, Matt no.
1: Adams to an NRI, which is like Again, like, it's I, feel fine. like yeah. I feel like I say this all the time. I feel like a freaking broken record, but like, Matt Adams on paper is a fine NRI to have. Like, Matt Adams is, yeah. you know,
3: a solid baseball player. Hey, and has be been- I was a little surprised even that he didn't get a major league deal. Like right. I
2: was going to say, I guess they, we've come a long way from guaranteeing them like Adrian Gonzalez. Mm, oh, mm-hmm. God. So this was a step up from that. They kind of yes. learned that blessing
1: only because they have Did two they? first basemen
2: already. <laughs> well,
1: I mean, and yeah, three if you so... count
2: JD
3: Davis, yeah. which true, probably and, should, I've seen him at third
1: and 3. I, maybe, like two, five, if you count Jed Lowry, yeah. Or is saying maybe
3: McNeil? I don't know. I'm sure McNeil could play there. He could probably play just about anywhere, but let's not. No, let's not push it, please.
1: But, like, yeah, like, fine NRI. Cool. Why does that make sense for this roster whatsoever?
3: I, mm. I mean, it makes sense if they're really quite close to trading Dom Smith, which, yeah. and granted, like, the Mets have. The Mets have kind of always balanced, like, leaking every possible thing and then just also coming out of left field with a bizarre deal that we didn't hear coming. So, like, on the one hand, I was like, well, maybe they're trading Don Smith. but We haven't heard anything. But, you know, it's also the kind of weird, weird trade that they could, like, drop two weeks from now that nobody had any buzz on whatsoever, so yeah, we'll yeah, like, see.
2: J.D. Davis kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, like, that would just kind of, yeah, it was like on a random Jane January, like, oh, we got J.D. Davis for no reason, but I'm not gonna complain now. He showed us all. Um, yeah, but true. you see, yeah, um, when you said trading, Dom made me think of Brody, and somebody in Slack said this, I can't remember who, I'm sorry. Um, But they said a a month ago or so that Brody was afraid to make a decision about the manager because he was thinking about Cohen. So they were planning for their future (laughs) Eh. with Cohen in mind. So where does this leave us? Well, it was such, I mean, a five-year
3: transition plan just is such a messy thing to begin with. Yeah. I'm not saying, like, we all should have looked back and known that it would fall apart per se, but that probably should have been an indication that, like, this was Some not going to be a simple, a simple process. I, I mean, it never is fact- for the Mets, but, like, that was certainly a nice bright red warning sign.
1: Oh, 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 another warning sign like along with the fact that they've literally done this before like with einhorn uh-huh. like i guess we should yeah, know yeah that
3: was yeah and that was certainly like that was a time when especially in retrospect like they were really on life support financially mm-hmm. so like but baseball <sighs> also bailed them out at that point too yeah, that was still Bud Seelig though, who yeah. was, like, actually buddy-buddies with with Fred, whereas I think Manfred, like, will support them because that is literally his only job. Just a reminder, the MLB commissioner's only job is to support owners, and that is it. Um, but, like, I don't think he has any special... Uh, oh, God, like, affection for the... World. I, I can't <sighs> even... Uh, whatever... Whatever, the, whatever feelings Bud ceiling had towards the ponds <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know that that is shared by. by but, oh, these people! Why do I keep having to say these names? <laughs> Ugh,
1: yeah, it just tastes gross in your mouth. That's why I'm washing this whole yeah. podcast down so with we'll the beer. See.
3: So we'll see. Um yeah, this is one of
1: those you podcasts where I have to drink beer now. just to like get through it because I'm like, why are the Mets <laughs>
2: Why are the you Mets? It was a smart one. Um But, but like then... like I totally thought that it could have been a five year period because for me I'm like okay two point six billion dollar deal was probably complicated. That you have to go to a
3: lot of ATMs to get to that much.
2: Seriously. <laughs>
3: They all like, have I like a four hundred dollars limit. Do you're You're just running around all day long
2: Ugh. so, yeah, it made sense to me that it would take five years to find an ATM where you can hit the two point. Didn't oh, wasn't there a Simpsons where he had a trillion dollar bill? Like where's that? where <laughs> I don't Where's know. Mr. Burns when you need him with this trillion dollar bill?
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: that's about on brand.
1: I yeah. hope that, because another thing that's happened since we last recorded, which it makes this feel like eons ago, I guess it's eons ago in, like, weird Mets time, because Mets can't stop Metsing, is that, like, Luis Rojas was hired as the new manager, the new, new
3: Mets manager. Who seems wonderful. He does. Yeah. I, uh, the poor credit man. Credit do. I, they might I, have backed into something here. Yeah. And And certainly, I mean, for the Mets to have and, and I will still give them credit for what I think was a good process the first time around with Beltran. Um, For the Mets to have two consecutive good hiring processes, seems like maybe we should all go out and buy lottery tickets today. Mm. because that uh, I will give them, I, I think fine. All right, we get one. Check.
2: I mean, no. but was it them, No, Because apparently, like, Pete really pushed for it. And, like, a couple other players like really pushed for Rojas. So. Hey,
3: look, they got where they needed to go. True. I will...
2: <laughs> we
3: will raise that hired a decent manager pennant sky high. Put it in
1: hope... Thanks
2: to the 2016
1: banner. And I hope, based on the fact that, obviously, like, we all know now that the reason that this Cohen deal fell apart is because of the Wilpon's insatiable desire to micromanage at all times. I hope now, in case that wasn't already abundantly clear to Luis Rojas, it is abundantly clear now that he's going to have absolutely no independence whatsoever in his ability to manage.
2: I mean, at least he's been around the team for a while, and he probably yeah. already knew
1: that. Yep. Yeah,
2: I yep. can't imagine he he's going into this blind.
1: Yep, so...
2: But, oh. hey, Noah Syndergaard was happy. Strowman was happy, yeah, um, the players seem
1: to really like him. Boys
2: happy, so and he's uh, I'm cautiously optimistic,
1: yeah, and he seems like a like a good human, so that's nice, um but yeah, I mean, like like Maggie said, I'm just so desperate for like actual baseball at this point. I'm just so tired all I want to do is watch baseball and at least pitchers and catchers report next week. So
2: that's So we're close. close. I'm accidentally, well, I didn't accidentally watch, but a few weeks ago the J.D. Davis walk-off against the Indians was on, so of course I had to watch it. Mm -hmm. But it just, it was, I mean, my TV just happened to be on S&Y at the time. I don't know how that Oops, happened. my finger and... slipped on the remote. and uh... <laughs> Oh, geez. And now the battery died, so I can't change the channel. Darn. Um, but it was fun to watch because, obviously, I love JD. I love the Mets. And it was baseball in the middle, middle of winter. But then it also hurts because then that game goes off and there's no more baseball after it. So it's yeah. like. You got that little taste, and then it just kind of made you want more, and there is no more. Yeah. The one good thing that did happen there, we'll make it.
1: Yeah, well, we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. We're so close. (laughs) The one good thing that did happen this week is that Jacob Degrom was named baseball's best pitcher by MLB Network. So that's something.
2: Do they jinx it? I hope not. That's where my (laughs) mind goes. Like that's a jinx. Yeah, I mean, it's mad.
1: We've been permanent, but I believe in Jake. Damaged. I
2: believe in you. I think Jake's like Mets immune, kind of. Uh oh, I'm bur- I just knocked on wood. You just said that out <laughs> loud
1: into the world.
2: I did. I'm knocking on wood again. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jake. It's all my fault if anything happens.
1: <laughs> I mean, you are kind of right though, because even the one time we thought like everything was over, because we thought he was hurt, it wasn't actually that bad.
2: Yes, around Easter. I remember like being like, just cancel Easter. This is awful. Yeah, but then he and rose again. <laughs> he did. It's
1: an Easter our, miracle.
2: Our Savior, our Mets Savior <laughs> rose again. <laughs> he is risen. <laughs> by he I mean Jacob the ground. Well, did you see... Oh, I forget who it was. I want to say maybe it was Mets booth. On Christmas, They they tweeted a picture of their of their nativity scene and they were in front and placed one of the three wise men it was the jacob de grom cy young bobble that's (laughs) that's pretty pretty amazing so you know (laughs) i thought it looked pretty good
1: but that just makes me think about the, the the cy young hat that's now going around. Have you guys seen that? What's that young hat? The, no.
2: Oh wait, no. The the ugly hat, the Macy's hat. Yeah, the really bad like image
3: of Jacob. Oh and Ron. yes, the like cursed cartoon image.
1: Yeah, it's like the yeah. worst
2: thing I've ever seen in my life.
3: <laughs> okay, that's a
2: nightmare. And do was saying, yeah,
1: and all of them were. It wasn't just his, although his was oh. like kind of particularly bad.
2: Yeah, there. I think there was Trout, Granky, Judge. I mean, they all looked like monsters under your bed.
3: (laughs) Like, absolute, like, creatures from the Black Lagoon. But I feel like the gap between the between DeGrom's actual appearance and his hat oh. appearance was exceptionally wide.
2: Yes. Yeah. How can you make somebody so handsome and make him look like that? Everyone
1: kept making Jerry Seinfeld jokes because yeah. he looked like Seinfeld, which kind of did look like Seinfeld. Yeah, either that Jerry
2: Seinfeld that. or Jason Vargas. <laughs> <Cool. laughs> it looked like somebody combined the two of them and then squished the face in. Yeah, and then that's bit. what they got. And then plus he had like lizard eyes. Yeah, it was creepy as hell. It was! It made no sense. Like, Did they even have like, a picture of Jacob deGrom when they made that? I don't know. It just seemed like ill-conceived from the get-go. Yeah. Like, Were
3: people really clamoring for hats with embroidered images of preferred players? Was that... Was like, that really... Did that come up in the focus group? I. <laughs> yeah,
2: it just it doesn't, doesn't seem necessary. Yeah, like... I was like looking in to see what hats they had. Cause I wanted to see if they had a new floral hat, but there was like a $500 Noah Syndergaard hat, like made out of a Jersey. It's like, who would buy what? this?
3: Steve yep. Cohen has some money to burn, I hear.
2: That's true. So he could buy like a Jersey Noah Syndergaard hat, but nobody else is buying that.
3: Ill conceived
1: hats seem to be a theme of the day. Have you guys seen the new spring training hats? They're dreadful.
3: Where they like merge the two different logos yeah. for each team. Oh, it's Luff. so
2: bad. It only works what, for like two pizza of them. One? What was the one that had like pizzas and like cheese steaks on them, too?
1: Oh, there were also oh, those. Yeah. Those were like the, um. oh, they, they had like a really funny name, too, for the hats. It was yeah. like team design hats
2: or like team concept hats.
1: And I was like, what the? hell is happening
2: and it wasn't even like like the Mets and Yankees and Knicks all had the same hat it was like but why oh it's team describe new era team describe hats like
1: what yeah
2: yeah, they wanted food on them but then we got an apple like shouldn't have been a bagel or like I don't know something. Pizza? No, I think Chicago got pizza. What? Dumb. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, y'all, at, this is just
3: more than I have to spend right now at is dawn, we the riot. anger in my heart about this one.
2: At dawn, we oh, riot. I can't. Oh, laugh. wait. I found the Noah Syndergaard hat. Four hundred ninety-nine ninety-nine. Cool. Noah Syndergaard, New York Mets, New Era player, authentic jersey, mm. snapback, adjustable cap.
3: There are just so many words there, and I can't possibly keep track of them all. It's like, oh, well you get it's like midnight. Things. I'm dying here.
1: Future dollars for dingers uh, raffle item. <laughs> <laughs> you
3: know, oh, I will raffle off laughs. anything anybody gives us. I am I am not above any kind of hideous piece of garbage hat. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> we will raffle off garbage.
3: This, this is so garbage hard. that I once dropped in the same building as Jacob deGrom. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. That's a hot dog wrapper. Yes it is.
1: Yes it is. Sure <laughs> is. Please give sure. me money. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to good close, we swear. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um yeah, I think that about does it for <laughs> for Mets related stuff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, um but before we move on to um general baseball segment, um I just wanted to remind folks that in a few weeks um on February 24th, 25th, which day is the Tuesday? 25th. 25th. February 25th, we are doing a book podcast and we are doing Baseball Maverick. So get reading um and we will be discussing Baseball Maverick on the podcast. Get excited. Um so that's coming up for you soon. Um, but in the meantime, we are going to take a break, and when we get back, we're going to do sort of a hodgepodge baseball segment with various issues to cover, so stay tuned
0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary Void. We're prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus
1: and we are back um so usually for these second half segments we have like generalized themes uh, for social justice issues in baseball, or like something big has happened that we need to talk about because it falls within the purview of this podcast. This week, it's kind of just been like a hodgepodge of various news items that we just kind of want to do like a rapid fire touch on um because like a whole bunch of stuff has happened, but not like major things, just like things we want to touch on. so um, The first one of these, which is probably the biggest story in sports right now, not baseball, strictly baseball related, but sports. And it touches on a lot of the things that this podcast cares about. And we had sort of a debate about whether we were going to talk about Kobe Bryant um, on the podcast, because obviously this is a baseball podcast and not a basketball podcast. And we weren't sure whether we were the right voices for it um, but we decided that it was too big of a story to simply ignore um, but we're not going to have a whole segment about it Um, instead we are going to direct you guys to um, some writing on the topic so in case you guys haven't read uh Bradford William Davis's piece on um Kobe Bryant um it's at the New York Daily News it's titled The Lasting Effects of Kobe Bryant's Rape Case it's an excellent piece and obviously Bradford is a friend of the pod and we are huge fans of his um So you should go check that out. Um, Obviously, Bradford isn't the only person that's done really good writing on this topic and and treated it with the nuance it deserves, um, because obviously Kobe Bryant is a big figure, um, but also a complicated one um so you guys should check that out um and if you have any recommendations for writing that you've seen on kobe bryant that you've really enjoyed and you thought treated the topic with a lot of nuance uh feel free to tweet it at us shoot it our way we'd love to amplify those stories but we just felt like we weren't the right you know venue for um an extensive kobe bryant discussion um but obviously we you know are monitoring that and it's a big deal in the sports world obviously um so yeah do either of you two have anything to say about that
3: I guess I I would just add that like I mean this was an enormous loss in so many ways um and I you know you always look for you know not like not like bright sides because that's just like ghoulish and weird but like something something to come out of this and i've just been blown away by the quality of the writing and the thoughtfulness and the nuance that so many people like bradford obviously but but many many others have have brought to this and writing about about kobe from a really complicated perspective and a really like balanced perspective and you know the the writing about about his daughter it's just it's a time that makes me really proud to be sort of a tangential part of the sports writing world, because I think just the, the amazing talent that has come out of talking about this much better than we could is something that I've just really been, been impressed with and and proud of.
2: Yeah. um, I have to agree about that too. And um, I think it was Molly Knight. She wrote an article Just focusing on Gianna,
3: yeah, and what she accomplished,
2: yeah. So, and just you know, it was a tragedy beyond just Kobe Bryant, too. And, um, there were three kids, and you know, they were young, and so I think we can't just focus on, yeah, obviously, he was this monumental figure, but there are a lot of families grieving that you know. I don't want them getting pushed aside either. and like a whole family. Um, and there is, you know, two kids are orphans now because their mom, dad, and sister died. So, and I think from what I've seen, um, there has been a lot of focus on them too. That they weren't just seven others. It was the Alta Bellis, um, you know. So they yeah. deserve, they had lives too. They were people, they were here, they touched lives. Maybe not as many But they had stories to tell, too. So, um, yeah, and I have seen a lot of focus go on them, too. But so it is just something to keep in mind, too, that, you know, the Bryants weren't the only one affected by this. And, you know, I don't know. There's no way to fix it. There's no way to make it better um, for these families. But I don't know. They're... And the only person that i saw do a really good job um was stephen colbert because his family died in a plane crash too his father and two brothers i think um and he said something needs to change like a black box needs to be put on these things like more safe because the the safety for helicopters is different like they're not required, They don't have certain requirements that, like, planes do, like the black boxes and things like that. So maybe this will start a conversation about, you know, safety in helicopters, so maybe this won't happen again. Um, So that's the only other thing I can really think of is, you know, maybe it'll be a wake-up call so this doesn't happen to, to other families.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I also hope that this, you know... Starts a conversation about, and I mean, this isn't the first time that this has come up, but it's a prominent one. I hope that there is more discourse surrounding news outlets valuing being first over being accurate. Yes. And journalistic integrity. Because, like, again, kids were involved. These were children. And we're tweeting out these things before we even know what happened.
3: Um, And And I think that in some cases. And even in cases where they were right, it yeah. doesn't mean that, you know, you know, like the police couldn't confirm who who had been killed because like they were children and their parents had been told like, like it was families had not yet been informed. And like I I sort of I understand that a lot of news is like kind of a need to know thing. This didn't need to be known on that level of detail you know this isn't something that like we didn't need to hear that so-and-so was mo- possibly one- among those killed because it wasn't valuable information for us in that moment That it should have been left to to let the families know
2: everybody could have waited yeah yeah and like if you knew that was kobe's helicopter that went down okay Like, I'm sure Vanessa knew. But if you're one of the family members that had, like, you know, your family is on a helicopter with Kobe Bryant. Like, that's not something that escapes your attention. So, even if the police were able to notify the Bryants and then that got out, you're still going to know before the police tell you because you're going to know your family is with Kobe. Yeah. So, that's how you find out is like through a tweet. Or through breaking news on the television, so it's not just a like I said, it's just not about the Bryant's. Like even if they knew, I don't think all the other families did at that point. Right. Yeah. And also they re- they reported that Rick Fox was on the helicopter too, and he had to start telling people I'm alive, like because he, he was already grieving because he found out his friend died, but then the, he said like this just compounded it that you know people would burst into tears when he texted them back or like called them saying oh my god you're actually alive so he will like he had to like calm down his friends while he was trying to process his friend dying at the same time so like what what what's the point of being first is it, clout? it like does it get you more money was but is that important at this time like i don't get what the point of being first is
1: yeah, it's just the, like, immediate gratification Twitter world we live in,
2: unfortunately. But, like, does get being first on Twitter get you more money? Does it get you more followers? Does it get you more clout, I guess? But in the end, what, what difference does it make? Because somebody else is just going to go to their source and be like, hey, can you confirm this for me? And then they're going to have it, like, two seconds later. So... Yeah. Can you just not wait the two seconds for somebody else to confirm it or, like, retweet it? So, I don't know. It just, it seems pointless that, you know, the, how fast you get it is kind of more important now than how accurate you are. Like, accuracy is second, it seems. Yep.
1: It's unfortunate.
2: And that's what you see with, like... You know, with the, even like in the baseball world, like
1: yep, that's why Wilmer Flores was crying on the field. Yes,
2: we saw this. We literally witnessed this in real time. Yep. So, like, and there's human consequences to it. So, and and, and it's probably not going to stop. I'm. No. I don't. I don't think anything's going to change. But you know, can you think twice before you send the tweet saying, "Hey, maybe." A grieving family is gonna see this. But I don't I don't know if anybody cares.
1: Yeah. I don't know. But yeah. Um just feel as far as like like I said, um check out Bradford's piece um and others about, you know, um Kobe Bryant's legacy and what that means to various different people. Um, and the different communities that this affects and potentially re-traumatizes. As as a non-basketball fan who isn't part of the affected communities here, I didn't feel like I could speak to that, you know, with any sort of authority. Um, So I would just rather you guys read what other people who are much smarter and more well-informed about all this than I am and have much better takes on it than me. I would rather you just read what they have to say. So... Um, But obviously a very, like, nuanced, complex, upsetting, all the emotions um, day for a lot of uh, folks who grew up watching Kobe Bryant um, and obviously all of the families that are affected by this very upsetting tragedy. So, um, but our other uh, news story, major news story in baseball Um, involves someone named Bryant as well. Um, So Chris Bryant lost his grievance uh, with the Cubs. So the Cubs won the case against Chris Bryant. Um, So now he has um, an additional year until he's a free agent because the Cubs manipulated his service time and Major League Baseball decided that that was cool. Um, And so now he'll also probably be traded.
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah because now that ups his trade value because now you have him under control for another year
1: yep um so yeah it's that's really bad uh it's not really good news for the sport sets a pretty bad precedent um and the state of labor it sets a bad like omen for the state of labor relations in the game and the fact that like you know people i a lot of people talked about like the fact that free agency was much better this off season, which is absolutely true, um, but I feel like people like oversimplified it and made it seem like the sport is fixed because of that, but we're talking about yeah. Chris Bryant, Nolan Arenado, and Mookie Betts all probably being traded before opening day, and that's really messed up.
2: Yeah, and the Red Sox really aren't that far away from contending. Like, okay, you can make the argument they're kind of a disaster right now because of, you know, their coaching situation and stuff. They won but, the World Series two yeah, years ago! Yeah! I yep. How much turnover has there been from two years ago? And, you know, everybody who wanted Heim Bloom as Top. your GM... This is what you would have gotten if they had hired him. Yep, Jacob Bye-bye deGrom would have been traded, yep. you guys. Yep. Would have been traded. Absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, I prefer my Jacob deGrom. Thank yep, you very much.
1: thank you. And even, like, even the Rockies, who I guess you could make, like, the strongest argument for trading their star player because of those three teams, of the Cubs, Red Sox, and Rockies, I would say they're probably the furthest away from a contending roster as things are currently constructed. However, I think there is almost no scenario, I won't say no, I won't say 0%, but there's almost no scenario where trading your franchise player is the correct move, in my view.
2: Yeah, just
3: well, for the never get, nightmare. Well, they're never going to get back You know, players who will give equivalent boost to their performance. Like you don't trade. You don't trade Nolan Arenado for the next Nolan Arenado. You trade him for like, I don't know, probably the next. I don't. Wow, I can't think of any Rockies players. This is Trevor says a lot. You hope you'll get the next. Yeah, that's the best outcome. You, yeah. Yeah, that And like, that's just, you know, you get a whole bevy of prospects and most of them will not ever play for the major leagues or will play just very little. And like, I mean, you're you're really it's just about clearing payroll um, and about hopefully being better somewhere down the line. And like, that's not you're. You're never going to upgrade from Nolan Arenado. That's not how a trade of your franchise player works. No.
2: And the, didn't there, was it their owner or was it their GM who just said they're going to, he's promising that they're going to win 94 games this year? Yep. It was okay. The owner. You haven't added. Okay. So it was the owner. Um, they haven't signed a single free agent. You won seventy one games last year. Where are those extra 20 wins coming from? Can Can you point? Can you point the to a
1: School of uh, Brody Van Wagon and school of
2: that's uh, true prognosticating. True, true. <laughs> but like uh, you're still in a division with the Dodgers. I, I I like how can people say this with a straight face and think the fans are going to buy it? Just the audacity of the owners, like oh, in the end because I said it. That's gonna, that's going to make it true. No, we're not stupid. Yeah, especially if you trade an Arnado, then definitely where are those twenty wins coming from?
3: Yeah, seriously. Yeah, it's just
1: it's upsetting that these franchises who like. You know, there's no reason why they can't just, like, build a competitive ball club around their stars. Oh, wait, wait.
2: Just got breaking news alert. Oh, no. The Red Sox have traded Mookie Betts Jesus. to the Dodgers.
3: Oh, my God.
2: To who? The Dodgers. Uh,
1: yeah, that was the team well, that they thought was going to get Mookie Betts, yeah. All
3: right. Yeah, because the Dodgers are the only team in MLB oh, actually
2: trying to win. Is it the yeah.
1: Verdugo-like package? What's
2: the um, do we know? It's Mookie Betts and David Price. Uh, and David pending. Price. Yeah. Well, that
3: I mean, yeah, because because they don't want to
2: pay him. No. Yeah. It's about shutting shedding payroll. Um. It doesn't say who's going the other way. It just says Red Sox trading Mookie Betts and David Price. Oh, pending medical sucks. reviews. This sucks. So, yep. There's Heim Balloon right. working his uh his cutting payroll magic. I
3: think it just makes it harder to build to build fandoms. When no, you, I you know, and I know everybody's that. like, ever you know, and yes, you, you vote for the name in the front of the jersey. Not, or not vote, but ugh. um Vote <laughs> <root> for the <laughs> like, name in the front of the jersey, not the name in the back. Um, but like, but also it's good to care about people. It's fun to care about people. Like, like it's,
2: like we said, I don't know. For the Wilpons. Like, yeah. I like I'm cheering for Pete Alonzo, and my loyalty is going to be to Pete Alonzo and Jacob DeGrom because I hate you, the Will Ponds. Ken and you're ruining
1: third yeah, third unidentified team, is indeed part of Red Sox-Dodgers blockbuster, sources tell me.
2: That's
3: Three-team
1: trade spicy. There oh.
3: haven't been a lot of threesomes in MLB trades in a while, it feels like. Yeah, <laughs> I heard it. I
1: know what I said.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, That's yeah, cool. I mean... It's spicy, but I'm
2: sad. I know. Like, why can't the Red Sox have mo- Mookie beds? Like, we had David Wright when times were tough. We still had David Wright to cheer for. Yeah, and you know, I, I, and I loved him for that. He was the reason to tune in. And you know, if every team says you're too expensive, goodbye. How are you going to keep a loyal fan base that way when the times are tough? I don't, um,
1: s- I don't say this why- lightly I- as a Mets fan, but the Red Sox should be ashamed of themselves. That's yes. <laughs> shameful. It's shameful. And
2: I, like they're going to use um, the scandal as an excuse. They were always planning on doing this. Oh, yeah, they were going to do this. Anyway. As soon as they hired Heim Bloom, it was a foregone conclusion that this was going to happen.
1: Yep. So that's unfortunate. There's going to be a strike, everyone. Get ready. It's going to be awesome um but that said speaking of things being shameful even though the mets are usually shameful um i feel like a a thing on this podcast that is important to do is to point out the times when the mets are not shameful and give credit where credit is due when the mets do deserve credit um so we wanted to give a quick shout out um to you know to Robinson Cano and Ahmed Rosario and Luis Rojas and all of the other folks from across the league it wasn't just it wasn't just those people but those are the Mets adjacent people involved um Juan Soto was involved Gene Segura Marcelo Suna and others um but there was a march in the Dominican Republic um, for uh, activists uh, in order to end violence against women. Um, And obviously that is an issue that is near and dear to the heart of this podcast. So we just wanted to shout um, Cano and Rosario and Rojas and the other um, players and managers from around the league um, that were involved in that effort. So yeah, good on them. That's good. Yeah. And like we said, like,
2: yeah, like we said, it has to come from their peers. You know, yeah, being suspended and then getting traded to a team where you can win a World Series is not exactly a punishment. But if your um, but if your peers speak out and shame you, you know that carries a lot of weight. So you know, I was very impressed that they did this, and you know what, good for them. And I hope it's something that continues.
3: Yeah, A plus. Thank you,
1: thank you, Matt. Um. So again, with our round robin theme for the week we have kind of one last point um we're a multi-sport podcast this week so we've covered basketball a little bit a lot of baseball stuff but we're going to touch on um, football as well so um i don't i don't I, I am an ill-informed i do not know anything about football like i know that the super bowl happened i know what two teams were in it i know which team won that's all i know i didn't watch anything. <laughs> that said um, I thought it was important to mention the Super Bowl because um, there were, I saw a lot of parallels between the discourse that went on surrounding, because obviously one of the two teams involved in the Super Bowl was the Kansas City Chiefs, um, and they do the tomahawk chop just like the um, Atlanta baseball team does. And so um, there was a discourse very similar to when Atlanta was in the playoffs um, about using the tomahawk chop and other Native American imagery, um, you know, for sports, Um, which I thought the discourse was generally like, it's good that it's coming to light. But, you know, unlike at least in the baseball context, like a player spoke up and said something and like something nominally was done doesn't seem like anything you know got you. done in the football
3: arena
2: there no football culture is beyond toxic yeah, yeah i don't think yeah. anything will ever change i'm in... not crossing my fingers yeah like... but like we said it the, the tomahawk shop isn't unique it, like other team obviously another team does it so it's not your thing so why right. can't you change it and make it something that's not offensive and make it something that's yours? Right. Because they don't care. Yeah, true.
1: And but I also I, I saw a lot of uh I saw I obviously saw a lot of tweets about the Kansas City Chiefs being, you know, the name and the Tomahawk chop being bad, which is all true and important. But I think it's worth noting that like The other team that was in the Super Bowl was the 49ers and the 49ers are named after like gold prospectors. Um, Yes. And that entire like culture is based on like Manifest Destiny. So that's like also not great. Just so everyone knows. (laughs) Like probably the lesser of the two evils, but like not by a lot.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's all it's all bad.
3: It's all bad. Can't and we I just, just
2: have like teams named after animals? Like, can't that yeah. be the thing?
3: metropolitan or, pretty... or, yeah, I was gonna say funny little old-timey words for city dwellers. Yankees, <laughs> knickerbockers, <laughs> knickerbockers. Yeah, like, that's all very fun. Um... Yeah, it's harmless. I think all teams must now be n- named after animals or different types of underwear. I don't make yes. the rules the
2: briefs (laughs)
1: and I just um I do want to use um the the privilege I have of this of this platform um to say something uh else about the Super Bowl which is that I saw some selective outrage that like made me kind of pissed off about the halftime show um and people were mad about the provocativeness of the halftime show. And I just want to say, like, that's the okay, thing you're Karen. choosing to be mad about. Like, you're choosing to be mad about, like, J-Lo and Shakira showing off their, like, fantastic bodies. At e- like, if I look like that at age 50, you best yeah. believe I am walking around with, like, no clothes on at all times, first of all. Um, second of all, like, we just talked about also, how Also, toxic- Shakira,
3: call me. Yeah. Seriously, that's that's it. Just call me. Just call me.
2: Um, I was mostly outraged that she did not sing "Try Everything" from Zootopia, from Zootopia? because that yeah. that song is so catchy, it's so good.
1: Yeah, and it's she wore so almost good. the same outfit. She wore the I, outfit. Like, come on, man. Um, it was right there, right there, low hanging fruit. But yeah, like that's the thing you're choosing to be mad about. We just talked about how how uh, like toxic the whole culture of football is, and if you want to like you know, get on your, like, feminist soapbox about, like, how pole dancing is degrading to women somehow? Like, how about how the NFL doesn't give a shit about domestic violence? And, like, how mm-hmm. about how these men are, like, damaging their brains for your entertainment and, like, things like that? Like, there are more things in football to be
2: mad about than,
1: like, Shakira not wearing enough clothes for your liking. Like, come on now.
2: Like, one of the most... Like, you're pretending there's... Like, cheerleaders don't exist. Like, there, have you seen... I love what they're wearing on the sidelines. and they don't get paid like, and there's nothing
3: think. wrong with no, that and I they're mistreated. Not getting paid is a problem but there's
2: yeah. also you know what there's
3: nothing wrong with what cheerleaders are wearing either like that's you know it's it's not it's not that we should be telling all women what they should be putting on their bodies when they dance it's that we should be telling none of them right and at least these women are getting paid for their for their talents as cheerleaders should as well but that's another right. that's another conversation if you want to
1: make an argument about cheerleaders like being in, like being exploited because they don't make yeah. any money for what they do then yeah that's valid but like Shakira and JLo are not being exploited they're rich
3: yeah. <laughs> like, we should all be exploited as J-Lo is
1: <laughs> and like I don't know to me like Again, I might not be the right person to say this, but there are other people whose voices who you should look to to talk about this. But I, all I will say is, if you take in this whole spectacle and the thing you are choosing to be selectively angry about is policing Latinx bodies, that you should probably, like, reevaluate your priorities. That's all I'll say <laughs> about that. Um... So yeah, that that. Well, no. Was... So we
2: probably should just shout out that Pat Mahomes' son won.
1: Yes, Pat Mahomes. So that, that was kind Met's of the best one, the Super Bowl. Oh, Mets Legend, we did it. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely cool thing, definitely a cool thing. Um,
2: yeah. So congratulations to the Mahomes family.
1: Yes, yes, indeed. Um. So thus concludes our um our multi-sport segment i hope you enjoyed it i probably we, we probably won't do this all that often at least i can only speak for myself but like i don't know enough about other sports to talk about other sports all that much <laughs> so enjoy this treat where i said football and basketball words very briefly um but yeah um in the meantime uh we are just waiting for spring training to start and it starts very soon um and we will um when we get back we will do walk-off wins so stay tuned for that
0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All
1: right. We will end the show this week like we do every week with walk-off wins, where each of us talks about what's making us happy this week,
3: baseball-related or
1: otherwise. Maggie Wiggin, what is your walk-off win for this week?
3: So I have a rare, um, a rare congratulations for the Mets, um, because my walk off win is their fan fest that they <gasps> held. I guess yes. it was like a week and a half ago now. I don't know what time is anymore, but um, it's a flat circle. It was. Is it is. I am it so was,
2: jealous of you. You
3: did so a wonderful fun. job. Like it was. I mean, there were little logistical things that need to be fixed, and there were some. They will say there were definitely some issues with accessibility that um, there's just no excuse for. But, you know, that's an easy fix. Throw up some maps around so that you can figure out where you're going. But, like, they really decked out the joint. You had a chance to explore the stadium in a really new way. And there were just players everywhere. Like, big players, important players that were just, just hanging around. Just, like... Ready to shake hands and take pictures. Like we we ran into, and this was the best part. We ran into into Robinson Cano, just waiting for an elevator, oh, and, he a, and he took a picture with with my son, who adores Robinson Cano because he saw his picture on a train. So to him, like, oh yeah, um, I connected. That is train. I mean, someday he will ask me, "Mommy, why did I decide Robinson Cano was my favorite player?" And I will have to tell him. But then that's also you know the reason that Daryl Strawberry was my favorite player when I was growing up is because his name was a food. So, Yes, like, that was the reason the weird, why he
2: was my favorite it's too. It's the
3: right reason. It um, is. But, but it was just, it was an awesome afternoon. And like, I I am so excited to do it again. Um, it really amped us all up for the season. And it's the kind of thing that like like, Tommy will never forget meeting Robinson Cano. That is a, he is a fan for life. Um, and I, I just, I want to applaud the Mets, the whole, the whole team that planned that out, that made it happen. They really, for once, didn't half-ass something and it paid off big time and we had a, we just had an awesome time. So yay, Mets Fan Fest.
2: Yeah. From everything that I've heard, like all the players were really nice and friendly. It's yeah. so, like, and, uh, so I'm I'm happy that to hear that too because they all seem like really good dudes that are easy to root for.
3: Yeah, they really they they were really just all and they they were just all in good moods. So you kind of get the sense that they weren't like being dragged around or anything. It was yeah whatever whatever they did whatever was in the water that day. <laughs> good job.
1: Yeah, and we talk a lot on this podcast about like major league baseball like doing the right thing to market its players and doing the right thing to expand its audience. Like this is the type of stuff you do. Like this is the right yeah. thing.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it's kind And you want to talk
3: about, again, like that's how you build fan bases.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: This is how you and market was- to young people. This getting to like hang yeah. out with Robinson Cano is like the
3: coolest thing
1: for a kid. It's cool thing for me too, but let's be real. Yeah. Like the audience for this necessarily, but like it's the coolest thing for a kid ever.
2: Well, yeah. even Vaz, who so writes for us, um, he was online to meet J.D. Davis. He's like, Linda, is there anything you want me to tell him? I'm like, tell him he brings joy. Oh. So Vaz said he told him that, and he said he was very appreciative. I'm like, thank you. It was very That's important so that he knows that. So I'm like, I'm kind of ecstatic that, like, through Vaz, J.D. Davis knows he brings joy. I was like, thank you. They've just made my day. It's like I met him. <laughs> your son, Bear. We do love our son Mayor, and I'm glad he's still here. Yeah.
1: Linda, what's your walk off win for this week?
2: Well, I'm just gonna complete the uh, the sport uh it's not a trifecta. What's four? I don't know. <laughs> it's kinda late. Isn't, Isn't that... it a hat trick? <laughs>
3: hat no,
2: trick no, is that's three also. Three, two. Quadrangle. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll just go with quadrangle. <laughs> Sports Quadrangle. Sports Square. I don't know. Um, But I went to my first Rangers game of the season um, Friday. Last Friday? Yes, Friday. Um, And I've been dying because I really wanted to go see them this year because they're still bad, but they're because they're rebuilding. But, But I got. My heart's kind of broken a little bit because they brought their goalie up. So now he's like, Henrik is, Henrik Lundqvist is kind of being forced out out the door. Cause oh, they no, this... he's the only one who I know. I Same. know they have this new hot shot. Well, young kid who's just unbelievable. Like he's only oh, lost. Like I like hot shots. Damn it. I know. And he's like, like he's only lost like 13 times in his entire career. Like he's legitimately good so um so he got the start so i got to see and he's a really cute puppy too it's the cutest damn puppy on instagram (laughs) so that kind of swayed me over too so i got to see igor start and so i got to see him they played the red wings who are awful so the rangers played well from what i can tell um but like, you know that we all wait for the sound of, like, the crack of the bat and the gloves popping, like, walking into Madison Square Garden and hearing all, like, the pucks hit the wall. It's like, oh, I'm home. I miss this sound. Um, And so, Allison, we we still have to get you to a game. Yeah, I gotta um, go. Yeah, because it is, like, Artemi Panarin for, like, the Mets equivalent would be, like, if the Mets signed Machado. Like, the Rangers Hell, decided yeah. to actually sign Good players, which was fun. Um, oh, so Panarin's fun. unbelievable. And Wait, just to he's the see. the other
1: one I know. I know Lundquist he... and the yes. bread man because of Slack. Yeah, the bread man. Yeah. Oh.
3: <laughs> I to... will now know the bread man. I love bread.
2: Yes. Uh, so uh, the bread man is uh, like TV sells him short. Like to see him play in person. This is the first time I've ever seen him play in person. Um, it was just fantastic to see what he could do on ice. Like in person, up close. So I was very happy, even though my heart breaks a little bit for Longquist because I don't know. I'm. Uh, I might his his jersey's probably going in the rafters suit. because I have this thing where all the players that like their jerseys that I bought are like never tired. Eli Manning, uh, David Wright. Like I, I hate, hate to tell you, you this, Linda. It's because you're getting old. I don't
3: know. I'm I don't sorry. Know. I'm sorry. I didn't want to have to be the one to tell you, but the map. <laughs> These are all the
2: players I grew up with and they're all leaving me. (laughs) But yeah, if you think about it, Eli, Henrik, and Dave probably all didn't come into their sports around the same time. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so we aren't getting old. (laughs) I gotta Yeah, I got like a jersey ceremony where I like retire their numbers to the rafters, like raise their jerseys to the roof of my house. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the (laughs) monoplatpoles. yeah oh sorry henrik there's a new prince in town but i did have fun and you know i'll probably go back and maybe drag allison with me (laughs) yep
1: why not i'll go
2: it's not cold i was okay i took my jacket off and i was comfortable so you you won't freeze i promise
1: excellent that's what i like to hear um so My walk-off win uh, is usually I I, I focus on like one nice weekend activity I had, but I can't keep it to just one this time because I had two really good weekends in a row, which I'm lucky enough to have had. Um, So a couple weekends ago, I was in New York and uh, visiting uh, my friend for the weekend, my best friend from college, um, and she and I went to see To Kill a Mockingbird on Broadway and it was wonderful. Um, Ed Harris was Atticus Finch. Um, and I thought he did a fantastic job. Um, the whole cast did a wonderful job. It, like, that is one of, To Kill a Mockingbird is one of my favorite books ever. And so to see it, like, performed on stage was just, uh, it made me so emotional, um, to go back to, you know, the first time I read it. It made me feel like I, like, how I felt the first time I read the book. And it was just, like, so beautiful and poignant and, so well acted and i really enjoyed it um and after the show we went to a um we went to a Maurice crisis cafe which i had never been to which is a famous piano bar in the village where they only do show tunes so of course we were like among our people uh belting Broadway <laughs> numbers at the top of our lungs um you know it was so much fun uh i had a blast that's like the most fun i've ever had out in new york like in my life and it was great um So, yeah, it was just a fantastic weekend in New York. And then we had brunch the next day. It was just wonderful. Um, And then this past weekend, um, I went down to Baltimore. Um, So on Thursday and Friday of last week, I had a two-day meeting in Maryland uh, for work. So it was convenient for me to just pop on over to Baltimore after my meeting got out on Friday. Um and I got to see all my uh friends from my lab at Hopkins and my uh, my old boss from Hopkins and got to see all my like Hopkins friends which was really nice cuz I haven't seen them since I moved away. Um and then I got to hang out with my dog of course all weekend. Cricket.
2: Cricket.
1: We cuddled all weekend. She oh. slept with me on the couch and it was the best. Um I miss my dog so much, but it was nice to get a full weekend of her going on lots of long walks and lots of pets and cuddles. Uh, So that was wonderful. And um, we got to go to a grand opening of a new brewery in the city, Um, literally a block from where I used to live. And I was like, come (laughs) on. Like, really? You're you're waiting till now to open this brewery till after I move? Like, I could have kept this place afloat by myself. Yeah. But I'm still really happy that it opened. It's taken a really long time for this particular brewery to open. Like I knew about it before I moved from Baltimore and I moved like eight months ago. Um, So I knew this brewery was like in the works. They, um, They restored an old church. Um, and made it into a brewery and like all the church stuff is like still intact, like all the like statues and like paintings on the walls and everything, um, all the stained glass. It's like absolutely gorgeous inside. Um, and so, yeah, and it was totally packed, um, for their opening weekend. Um, it's called Ministry of Brewing. Um, very (laughs) fitting name. (laughs) <laughs> um for the venue um and so yeah it was just fantastic um got to try a new brewery uh right in the neighborhood where I used to live so it was just really cool got to reunite with some old friends including the roommate I lived with in grad school um and a couple of other really close friends of mine um that live in Baltimore in the surrounding area so that was just really really nice weekend back in Baltimore made me happy so that's my walk-off win um so yeah while you're waiting for spring training games to finally start um while you're waiting for those sweet uh sweet suns out guns out pictures of pitchers and catchers reporting um you can go to amazonavenue.com check out all of our fantastic content right now we're doing our one last move series um where a bunch of us writers each write about one last player that the Mets should sign um to round out their roster. Maggie unfortunately
3: got
2: cabbage. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry, <laughs> it's Maggie. Fine. Yep. I got cabbage two days later. It, it
3: was it was like literally like I hit the submit button and I think this came down an hour. It might have been an hour and a half. It was not <laughs> more than two hours. Um yeah. that the player that I had uh, written about was signed. So that's fine. I that's it's fine. It's yep. fine. So, you it's won fine. the
2: first cabbage of 2020. It's true. Yay! I I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. That's not I better. I someone,
1: I guess. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I was gonna say the cabbage comes for us all. It does. Yeah.
1: Um, so Linda kind of got like belatedly cabbage. Like her piece made it out, but then Wilmer Flores just got signed today. Yeah. So that that was her player. Um, I did not get cabbaged yet. My player was Russell Martin because the Mets should probably sign a backup catcher. (laughs) Um, But yeah, anyway, we, a bunch of us writers have each written about one player, kind of a low key move that the Mets could do to improve their roster. Um, So check that out. Um, Our prospect lists are all out. So you can check that out from our fantastic prospect team, all sorts of uh, spring training related content. Um, you can follow Amazing Avenue on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Amazing Avenue. You can follow the show on Twitter at A Pot of Their Own. You can follow each of us on Twitter. I am at PhD. Where are you, Linda?
2: At Linda Servich.
1: And you, Maggie?
2: At Maggie162.
1: You can also please subscribe to the podcast on... Uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, leave us a review. It really helps people find the show. Original music for the intro and the outro to this podcast is by Bunga. Let's go Mets. And don't forget, there is no crying in podcast.